0: Ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go! All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Shuler, and as always, I'm so glad to have another opportunity to share with you guys another conversation right here. On Behind the Grind. Listen, I say it each week. It's our goal to bring you real conversations from real people like you and I that are about their grind. And this week, I'm excited to share with you an individual, a young entrepreneur that is doing his thing that has a successful business right there in Las Vegas, Nevada. This entrepreneur, I love his story, and we're going to share that with you here shortly. He had to overcome a few things, a few challenges uh, to become the individual that he is today. He has gone on to have a successful business that's called Quest Education. He is a best-selling author of a book called To Your Best Retirement, and he's also a co-host of a podcast called How Winners man, I love that title. Listen, you're going to want to sit down and listen to this conversation today. I think it's an out-of-the-box conversation, right? I don't want you just to think about the boring topic of retirement and think we're just talking retirement. Again, I told you, this is a young entrepreneur. And what I love about him is uh, he his business they are doing something wonderful for individuals. They're helping them rethink some things, especially when it comes to this concept called retirement. You know, so much is changing. And we've learned that over the last uh, 18 months, 24 months, whatever you want to call it, things are changing. And you can't pay attention to things the way they used to be. Now is a time to open up your mind, look at different concepts, look at different things. And that's what his business is doing. He's helping so many individuals, especially when it comes to their retirement. So the person... I have in the grind seat today, his name is Daniel Blue. He knows a little something about how, like I said, how to overcome some things and how to have a successful business. And so we're going to share that, this conversation today with you. I hope you're inspired uh, by some things that he he talks about today and some things that he uh, shares with us in our conversation. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation right here on Behind the Grind. Let's get it. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Shuler, and I'm so excited uh, to share with you another guest. You know, right here on Behind the Grind, we talk about it all, and um, typically we're talking to uh, individuals that are entrepreneurs. And so today we have someone in the grind seat that actually helps entrepreneurs um, helps uh, corporate American individuals, everybody, with their finance and money. But I think he has some insight on entrepreneurship today, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that and help you along the way here on The Grind uh, when it comes to thinking about your, uh, your future, your retirement, your legacy, all that good stuff. And so um, the guest I have in The Grind Seed, his name is Daniel Blue. He is a Forbes contributor and an owner of Quest Education. His company helps Americans with financial strategies most uh, CPAs and financial advisors won't talk about. After overcoming a drug addiction and having a child um, at the age of 19, Daniel was able to have a successful career in sales and made a transition from employee to entrepreneur. My Behind the Grind family, please help me welcome to Behind the Grind my guest, Daniel Blue. Welcome to Behind the Grind, Daniel.
1: Sherrod, I love the name, man. I uh, I love the background too. I, I know you're a big sports guy, and it's just interesting all the parallels between sports and business. So uh, excited to be on the show and, and jam with you, brother.
0: Man, I appreciate it. Yes, you 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 hit it spot on. I love sports. Uh, I love talking about um, motivation, and I love business. And we try to mirror it all together here on Behind the Grind. And so uh, many of the listeners that listen, uh, you know, they're on that grind, right? And there are individuals. Uh, that may have some uh, interest in some of the things that you're talking about but before we get into that i I want to stop there you know i was reading the bio and there was an overcoming of addiction and so give us a little backstory of how you got to this place of helping people with their finance you know again this overcoming of an addiction so help us talk about that today
1: yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, if you look at a lot of entrepreneurs out there, even some of the most successful athletes, they overcame a lot of uh, challenges, right? I'm, I'm a big Miami Heat fan. Um, okay. Bam Adebayo, he's, he's our big uh, big prize free agent, yeah. and we gave him a bunch of money. He bought his mama his house. Um, you know, I think his mom raised him on, on his own, on her own, lived in a trailer park, you know, money was scarce, so... I don't think that's a coincidence that, uh, you know, adversity and challenges is is something that's really prevalent amongst athletes, entrepreneurs. I mean, we all have a story, right? So I'm I'm no different than the people listening, watching. So for me, it was, I grew up middle class. We didn't have a lot of money, but we weren't poor by any means. I grew up in California, had a mom and a dad, just real traditional household, played sports growing up. My dad was my soccer coach, basketball coach. Um, didn't have a lot to complain about. And then uh, when I turned 12, that's when my life really changed. My dad ended up moving to Mexico out of the blue. My parents got divorced. Uh, My dad just left abruptly and and moved to a different country. And I had no idea why he left. And Really, it just was a, a really hard point for me because he was, like, one of my best friends. You know, he coached yeah. me. Uh, we were, we were yeah. super tight. And it was really hard to go through that in my teenage years, wondering, like, why he left, how he never came back. Like, why don't I talk to him? So now it's just me and moms. And my mom's yeah. a social worker working full time in California with the high cost of living, you know she's working yeah. overtime, always working, leaving me unsupervised. So I had a whole lot of time on my hands and because I was going through some uh, some challenges as a teenager, I started to rebel. And I ended up getting into drugs, stopped going to school, and uh, hit a real low point in high school as I was just ditching school. And my mom was just like, hey, I I want you to graduate high school. If if you don't change something, you're going to end up in jail or you're going to end up dead. Like, you don't have too many options right now, son. Like, you got to do something. I couldn't really argue with that. Um, She ended up shipping me to a small little city called St. George, Utah. For those who don't know St. George, Utah, it's uh, (laughs) really close to Zion National Park. If you've never heard of Zion National Park, just Google it. It's it's beautiful. It's like some of the most beautiful red mountains and scenery um, in in this country. So I ended up senior year in high school in St. George, Utah, change of scenery and a new environment. I was able to graduate high school. And uh, so that, that was a big achievement for me. And uh, society told me to go to college. So I ended up going <laughs> to college with no plan. I didn't know what yeah. I wanted to get a degree in. I yeah. just knew I needed to go to college. At least that's what I thought. Um, ended up lasting three months. I dropped out of college. And uh, networking has been key for me, Sherard, in terms of, okay. like, I've never really had a resume. Um, I've never really had to apply for jobs the way uh, we're accustomed to, just because right. I've been able to network with the right people. And... Uh, When I was 18, I ended up networking with with certain individuals, I got into sales, and I started doing really well. And I started making a lot of money. And making six figures at 18 years old, because I never really saw a lot of money or was around a lot of money, um, I started managing my money poorly, making just really bad decisions. And it's interesting, where we are today, or where we were 10 years ago, five years ago, a lot of it has to do with our childhood. And because I was still fighting some demons from, you know, my, my young years, my teenage years, I didn't have an identity. I didn't know who I was, what I stood for. I I didn't have core values. Um, I started to follow the crowd and that's how I got addicted to Oxycontin. Uh, For those who don't know, Oxycontin is essentially heroin in a pill. So it's very addicting. And uh, so from 18 to 20 years old, I I got addicted to Oxycontin um, and I was in a position of just making bad choices at that time, bad money choices, uh, obviously making bad choices with drugs. Um, And then I ended up getting a, a woman pregnant when I was 18 years old and uh that's how i ended up having my daughter isabella when i was 19 years old and looking back that that was god's way of saying hey like this is your one shot at getting clean and and if you don't listen to me and get clean you're screwed so
0: yeah Wow. I mean, uh, listening to this story, obviously, there is definitely a journey there. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk to, you know, the the CEO guy here in a minute. And, and, you know, again, we're going to extract some things from you. But let's stay here for a minute here. You you know, you you mentioned, you know, something happened in your life. One of the things that I noticed you mentioned that your father had left and the the impact that that had on your life. And I know there's a lot of listeners that are listening uh, that can relate in some shape or form. You know, that, 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 that father that has left or that father that's absent. It does. It does have an impact on your life, you know, and as you were going and you were talking, you were were explaining how you changed the scenery. Now, you know, right off, I'm thinking, hey, you're going to Utah, so maybe things are going to get great and better, which they did. It sounds like you landed a a nice job, but you also had some other challenges there. So uh, walk me through, you know, the the, you know, I know the daughter was, uh, you know, that changing point. But what really got you, I mean, you've gone from sales guy to now managing people, responsible, responsible for people. What else was happening in your life that got you back on track and really being, having a successful business that you have right now?
1: So I think when people start a business or they're an entrepreneur, they're in one of two camps, right? They're either like Gary Vee or yeah. like they were a hustler out the womb. You yeah. know, they, they were selling, born, you know, born yeah, with it, right? yeah, they, they were selling Pokemon cards when they were five. right Right. you've got that camp and then you've got people that just kind of fall into it Uh, i wish i had a cool gary v story and i was a hustler out the womb (laughs) Uh, i i I didn't that's not me Uh, my my story is i just saw struggle in my teenage years and and saw my mom work her ass off Mm -hmm. and not have a ton at the end of the day and money was kind of tight Mm -hmm. and i just I don't want that to be me. Like, I, I, I want to be able to actually help my mom and, and, and pay her back because I felt like I owed her a lot. She raised me pretty much on her own from, you know, 12 on. And uh, I saw my mom, she, she set a great example, I think, for the people right now that, that are listening that have gone through a divorce or they're going through a divorce or they're a product of, of a divorce. Like, the golden rule is, like, don't talk bad about the other person in front of your kids like don't adopt a victim mentality like Mm -hmm. my mom stopped getting child support it was just her my dad was gone Mm. i never once heard my mom talk bad about him and she had every right to i never once caught my mom crying like this is too much like i never once caught her complaining about working 50 60 hours every week not having days off like i never caught her doing that so You know, as parents, we have to do that. And, you know, my my child is a product of of a a separated family. I haven't been with her mom since my daughter was one years old. She's 12 years old now. So I still remember, like, I'm going to talk about her mom in a great light, you know, no matter what. So um, going back to your question, though, for me, it was seeing the things that we didn't have and realizing, okay, how can I make sure that money is is something that's not we're not lacking and right. sales was just that for me. I just realized yeah. that I had a knack at being able to communicate with people and solve people's problems, and I had to be able to essentially eat what I killed. If I didn't yeah. hustle and I didn't you know, show up and, and have commitment every day and put in the work right. consistently, I wasn't going to make money. So I think being an entrepreneur, a lot of people have come through the sales game where yeah. they got really good at selling, and they were able to set some money aside. Because I made bad financial decisions in my early 20s, I learned from that and I started building my credit. I started saving. I started spending way less than what I made. Mm -hmm. And I was able to get to a point when I was about 27, 28 years old, I was able to essentially go all in on on my business. I, I put a bunch of money on my credit cards. I exhausted a bunch of my savings. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have the financial means. And, and some right. people are able to start a business with not a lot of money. Kudos to them. Um, just the business that I started, it, it did require a, a good amount of capital. Um, sure. But then also having the sales skills to bring in revenue. But then you also have to sell your team on the mission, the vision, yeah. and, and bringing people yeah. together.
0: Yeah. So sales. So so was there? Why you were in sales? Were there just? Was there a mentor involved? Was it just the, the culture environment, that, the, the work environment that got you? Or like you said, because you didn't sound like you, you said you were a natural-born salesperson. Was it the environment or something within there that you saw the other guys, that they keep you moving? What got you really going into sales early so,
1: on? So to answer your question in the least amount of words, like <laughs> the chase, and okay. I go back to sports, um, yeah. I think it comes down to a mindset, how you approach the, okay. the game, and the game could be your job, the game could be a business, the game could be mm-hmm. an actual sports game, right? An actual game itself. Right. Um, when I played sports, like I just knew I wasn't always the most talented person on the field, but right. like I was gonna outwork you. I was gonna make my teammates better. I was gonna have good communication and uh, naturally i ended up being the captain on a lot of my sports teams i wasn't the most talented i didn't score the most goals i didn't have the most yeah. points but yeah. you know I, I played defense and i showed up every day right so that same mentality went to my first jobs like my first job i was 16 years old i was bagging groceries sweeping yeah. floors yeah. i wanted to be the best damn grocery bagger there was like i wanted right? to just smoke the competition right yeah. like, so that was just my mindset and then when yeah. i got into sales um, to, to go to your back to your point, yeah, there's definitely some mentors. Back to my initial comment about networking, like you want to surround yourself with people that are better than you, that are doing things at a higher level than you, so you can be mm-hmm. a student of the game. You know, like we have to be students, no matter how far along you are in terms of your expertise, or you teaching people, or you having employees, or you being successful. Like you're still a student of the game. The game is always changing, and there's always more knowledge out there. So. You know, as far as having that mentality um, and, and being competitive with myself and other people and then being around other successful people, there's a handful of uh, quote unquote mentors, people that I can yeah. attribute my success to over the years. Um, yeah. But then at the end of the day, you can have the best mentors in, in, and yeah. in the, in the roadmap to, to the game, like the playbook to actually get the, the results. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you, you got to be committed. Like motivation is is only going to last for a day or so, a couple hours. Right. At the end of the day, you need discipline, you need commitment, and you need to show up every day. It's it's that simple.
0: Man, I love it. I love it. And I wanted to kind of bring that out. I mean, you know, there is a lot of parallels and a lot of sus- successful entrepreneurs. Uh, that, like you said, uses that sports and, and you got to get up, you got to put the work in it, you got to, you, you, you've got to learn something. And I can imagine in that culture that you were in, that sales and culture, it was probably breeding you, you know, it, it was training you. And there's so much that you probably have learned that you're contributing today to your business. So now let's transition there. Uh, you're now uh, CEO, founder, and you've got a successful business called Quest. Uh, is it called Quest Financial?
1: Quest Education.
0: What? Education. Quest Education, tell us a little bit about that and the work that you're doing right now.
1: Yeah, so the main problem that we solve in the marketplace, Sherrod, is is we help people access money in their retirement accounts penalty and tax-free. Because That's a big problem. If you have a 401k or an IRA, there's a really good chance that you can't access that money without paying 20, 30, maybe 40% in penalties and taxes. So we help people understand there's actually a way for you to tap into that money penalty and tax free and use that money however you'd like. Um, We've got a a really successful uh, customer of ours that's just crushing it with an online business. And I remember a couple years ago when she approached us and, and we started talking to her. We helped her tap into her retirement account, penalty and tax-free. I want to say she took like $20,000 out, penalty and tax-free, used it to buy a bunch of inventory, and she started her Amazon business. She started her, her online business. And now she's working from home full time. She was able to quit her job, so she's no longer working a nine to five. And a big reason that she was able to make that happen is because of the education that that we gave her. Um, So it comes down to really pulling back the curtain, Sherrod, and helping people understand that financial advisors and CPAs, um, they're not talking to people about this. And a lot of it, it's because it doesn't make them money. It, it actually costs them money if they teach right. you these strategies. So this isn't something that's brand new that people okay. aren't able to access um, unless, you, know, you do have to be an entrepreneur, or I, I will throw that caveat. You, you do sure. have to be a business owner in order to qualify for this, but this isn't some secret retirement account. This is an IRS approved strategy that, that we help people understand so we can solve some problems.
0: So this is interesting. You know, of course, I don't know if you know my background, but I'm a, I'm a banker background back in the day. I worked in the banking, and so okay. what you're saying is true. Obviously, it, you know, when I'm in the seat of a banker, obviously, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk about things that are more geared into the line of the organization, the institution, and those things that, you know, we would project. And one of the no-no's is obviously not to touch that uh, retirement, that 401k. So let's let's go there. Let's talk yeah. about that. You know, obviously you mentioned it had to be uh, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. But, of course, red flags obviously is raising. Why would I want to touch my 401k? So help my audience understand why would I even even dare to touch my 401k?
1: Well, the most obvious one that we see a lot, Sherrod, and the great part about our company is – We don't sell investments, um, we sell Mm -hmm. solutions to problems. And a big problem that we see a lot is when somebody is talking to our team and they have $20,000 in credit card debt and -hmm. they're paying 20% interest on their credit cards and their credit score is going down, they're paying $500, $1,000 a month, barely mm-hmm. getting above water because we know when they make a payment to the credit card companies, most of it's yeah. just going towards interest. It's barely going yeah. towards the principal. So they're just treading water, right? right. It's going to take them like 20 years to pay off the credit card debt. Meanwhile, okay. they've got this 401k from their old job or an IRA. Let, let's just say it's making them 8%. And, okay. and that's not unrealistic. I mean, historically, right. the stock market makes about 7 yeah. to 10% a year, even yeah. during the good and bad, right? So yeah. back up. If Bob has $20,000 in credit card debt paying 20% interest and his retirement account's making him 8%, those numbers don't work out in his favor. He's losing money faster than than he's making money. What's the point of having a bucket of money make you 8% a year when you're Mm -hmm. paying 20% to the banks? Okay, Right, so at the end of the day, it makes sense for certain reasons. Someone like Bob looking into, hey, did you know, Bob, that you can take your retirement account Move it over into what's called a solo 401k. A solo 401k is an entrepreneurial retirement account it's sponsored by the IRS. And it's once the money solo? solo solo 401k. Okay. So this is something that you can literally Google. Um, this is a IRS approved retirement account. It's been around for a really long time. And what makes the solo 401k unique is you actually can take a certain amount of money out, penalty and tax-free, and you can use that money however you want because it's a it's a loan feature. So you can use that money to pay off high interest rate credit card debt. You can use it to fund your your new business that you want to start so you can quit your nine to five. Um, and, and the caveat is, you do have to pay back what you take out within five years to okay. avoid the penalties and taxes. So you're yeah. replenishing your retirement account, right? You're not robbing sense. from your future. Um, so it just comes down to to needs and goals. Maybe you don't have credit card debt that's hurting you, but maybe you need ten thousand dollars to you know inject into your business and you think, okay, I can have this $10,000 be in the stock market that goes up and down, and I don't have a whole lot of control over these stocks, or I could take this same $10,000 and invest it in my own business where I have a whole lot more control. I actually feel more comfortable having this 10,000 in my own business instead of all these other businesses, these stocks, that I don't know what's going on, right? So maybe someone thinks that way. So it just comes down to their perception and their goals and empowering people to make their own decisions.
0: I love I love you bringing that out because yeah if you if you have a traditional route and and you just think that this is the only way the end of the day it's still an investment as you mentioned so uh, you hit on something that says something if you, if you're an entrepreneur and you're getting ready to start a business why not I mean this is an investment possibly you know if you've got that idea you've got that business. Uh, everything looks good, it looks like a good thing to do, why not invest in yourself, right? Why not, you know, if you don't have the capital. Is, is that what I'm getting, if you don't necessarily have the capital Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, I'll give you the example that the, the customer I was telling earlier that needed 20000 for her online business. She had great credit when we talked to her. She okay. was just like, I don't want to owe the bank's money. Like, right. I, I would rather pay myself the money. I'd rather be yeah. my own bank. She's like, I'm not yeah. a big fan of the stock market. I'd yeah. rather be more in control of my money. Um, mm-hmm. Some people, like you just said, Sherrod, may, maybe their credit score isn't the best, so they don't even have the means to access money from the bank like a credit card mm-hmm. or a line of credit right. Um, right. so just, it just it just depends on on their circumstance
0: right you know what's also interesting I have to go back to my banker days too because you, you would always have people walk in uh, you know talking they want to talk to a business banker and they, you know they've never you know they've got the brilliant idea, great idea, want to do all of this stuff. But then they sit down and then you're you know, they want to get loan. Obviously, they have this perception that I can walk into a bank and the bank is just gonna let me alone. <laughs> But what they don't realize is, you know, if you don't show, you know, some, some, you know, two years of tax returns or if you haven't been in business for a while. Right. There's other things. Now, there's probably things, programs and different things that you could do. But just in general, just walking in the bank and say, I've got a brilliant idea. A lot of times the banks, you know, they're leery, you know, they're going to wait. They want to see you put some skin in the game. They want to see you do some things. They want you, you know, so much, so much more from you. To put up and then they'll back it up, they don't just necessarily just throw out this money. And so, I think that's interesting that you say that you know, sometimes you, you know, you, you know, people will come and they'll try to do it without any backing, you have nothing to show for it. And so, sometimes you may have to utilize your own capital, use your own resources to get your business started, and then possibly consider the bank because again, they're gonna look at your financials, they're gonna look at what you have done. And again, the skin in the game that you've provided. So now, how does your business work? Does it? So if, if someone is interested, you know, I, obviously, you know, I have a 401k or something of that nature. I just come to you and talk to your team. What what is this conversation like? What what happens?
1: Yeah. So basically, what happens is we get on the phone. Uh, I'd have one of my representatives, one of my team teammates here at Quest Education, jump on a call. And really gather some information you know understand you know what kind of financial situation we're looking at Uh, just paint a picture of of what point A looks like where are we starting from what are the goals what what are you trying to accomplish right and and once we get that that picture painted uh, then are over a series of phone calls usually it's about two or three phone calls we we educate them on the solo 401k where it's like okay here's point A here's what your current situation looks like Bob let's teach you the solo 401K and some of the other options that are out there that you probably don't know about. So then we teach them all the other options that are out there. The the person's able to take a step back after two, three, maybe four phone calls, and they can look at the numbers and compare what their current situation looks like versus what they could be looking at, what, what it could be doing, their money could be actually doing, and then they can make a decision on their own. So um, that, that is one thing I am definitely have learned a lot from someone like a Gary V. Um, we, we give them the game up front, like we, we give them the cheat code up front, like we teach them about the solo 401k, we give them the goods up front, we pull back the curtain, and at the end of the conversations, either they, they like what they hear and they feel like we can help them. There's enough value built in, in, in the equation and they can become a customer, or they get off the phone with us, and they're like, thanks, but no thanks. Either way, we're giving them the game. And, and our whole goal is let's make sure when you leave the phone calls with us, you're just in a better place than where we found you.
0: All right, so let's clear some things up. Obviously, you know, I'm looking at 401K from a corporate standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. I work at a corporate company. Uh, I, I put money into my 401K, and so that's the thought process I'm thinking. Do your Does your, your group or your team – do they help individuals who are already entrepreneurs and they want to find out ways to retire? Is that also an option or is that something that you guys don't deal with?
1: So, so, so basically the, the two buckets of people, so bucket okay. one, if you have a 401k from an old job or an IRA and mm-hmm. you're an entrepreneur or you wanna become an entrepreneur, the solo 401k might be a great way for you Got to it. pay off some debt, fund your business, you know, have more options outside the stock market. That, that, that's the bucket one. The bucket two okay. is maybe you don't have a retirement account or maybe the only retirement account you have is a 401K with your current job. There's not a, a ton that we can do for you right now, um, but we have a ton of resources. So whoever's listening to this right now, they can go to danielblue.me That's Daniel, just like it sounds, and then blue, like the Mm -hmm. color, danielblue.me. And and that's my personal website. Um, I do have a course. It's called uh, The Quest Way, How to Make Money Tax-Free. So it goes over some different ways on on how to build more for retirement, how to make money um, tax-free, how to do some of the things that we've talked about a little bit more Um, in-depth. And then I've got my book coming out uh, August 15th. It's called Blueprints. To your best retirement, and it's going to go more in depth on you know how to save for retirement, you know how to okay. think outside the think outside the box, how to get information that your financial advisors, your bankers, your CPAs won't tell you about. Um, yeah. So those are some good resources for people to get started if they don't quite have something set up. Uh, but if you're someone that has an existing retirement account like a 401k from an old job or an IRA, okay. and you're like, man, the idea of tapping into this bad boy, penalty and tax free, yeah, that, that appeals to me. I want to learn more. Um, well, on the website Danielblue.me, there's a link to Quest Education's website, uh, which is my company. And then you'd click that website, you'd go to the contact us side, and in the contact us tab, you'd be able to fill in your name, your phone number, email address, and then someone from my team would, would reach out to you and, and give you some love and, and see how we can help you out.
0: Oh, that sounded good. You know, I think this is right on time. Obviously, we're you know coming through this pandemic, we're coming through all this time where a lot of people have discuss entrepreneurship you know just the freedom um you know obviously the freedom of being able to be in more control of your own destiny per se you know so a lot of people have either started a lot of people are probably thankful in some cases that they had a business you know what I mean to to get them through uh times like this and not have to necessarily rely solely on a a, a company that may have had to downsize lay off whatever during this time having your own ownership uh is probably a good thing so now, what do you see now, um, and we're going to kind of shift a little bit, what do you see now with entrepreneurs? Do you think it's necessary that a lot of people explore entrepreneurship? Should they have a side hustle? Should they, you know, all of that good stuff? Or should it just be strictly the nine to five? Do you believe in that school of thought of having other things going on? What's your thoughts?
1: You know, we, for our society to to prosper, we, we do need to have employees, right? And okay. I know firsthand I've made six figures as an employee, yeah. right? I yeah. have friends that are six-figure earners that are W-2 employees, right? Yeah. Having a business has a lot of risk and headache, right? Okay. It, it's not for everybody. So okay. if you're someone that is okay making the money that you're making or at least knowing, okay, well, this is my position in my company, and I can move up here, here, and I can make this much more. Like, some people are okay with with that safety net, with that quote unquote security. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's okay, right? I mean, you might feel that way currently, but maybe down the road, you're just like, man, I'd like an extra stream of income, or man, I'm tired of my job. Like, there's It's 2021. You shouldn't ever complain about your situation in terms of what you're doing and what you're working for and who you work for. Like, If you want (laughs) to be valued more, if you want to make more money, there's a lot of companies that are hiring. Um, It's 2021. You can start any kind of business right now. I mean, there's so many ways to start a business. I mean, learn a skill, right? Learn social media marketing, learn video uh, editing, right? I mean, like, we, we pay people within our company and outsource as well for video production, for content creation. Like, I mean, there's just so many ways to make money right now. So yeah. to, to your question, um, for the people that aren't, that's the right word. I mean, there's people that are just going to be complacent, people that are just right. going to want to stay in their situation. If that's not you, if you want more, then definitely start a side hustle. Definitely start some kind of business. But just know And this is the problem that we live in today in 2021 in social media is people just talk about the end result, right? Like people don't talk about, I can't tell you, Shard, how many times that I've made payroll and I didn't pay myself. I can't tell you Mm -hmm. how many times that I've taken money from my personal bank account and I put it in Mm -hmm. the business bank account. I can't tell now you. That's how many really times. behind the
0: grind, right yeah. there. You know, yeah. people you're sharing. <laughs> for,
1: for sure. I mean, like yeah. times where I'm working on the weekends while my yeah. family is doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, times where like I didn't sleep that good because I'm worried about yeah. something, having to fire people. Like there, yeah. it's just there's some stuff that goes on that's not pretty. It's not really talked about a whole lot. Um, yeah. So if if you're not ready for that kind of stuff, then starting a business is something that sh- you should really consider. What you don't want to do is have a really good paying job and then you want yeah. this dream of starting a business and then you start a business but then you're a one-person show now you just created a high-paying job with a little bit more stress right. and for me an entrepreneur a true business owner true entrepreneur should have systems processes and a team in place where they can be gone and the business still makes money it right like that also. that's time freedom right and, and i think yeah. that's why most people start a business
0: Oh, man, I appreciate you being honest uh, here today. You know, a lot of times, like you said, we are sold the hustle on Instagram. We're sold the hustle on on Facebook. And it looks sexy. It looks pretty. It looks like all of those things that you said. But you're right. You have to really uh, do a self-awareness and and self-assessment. How much are you willing to put into this? How much are you willing to uh, weather the responsibility, the shoulder of Running a business that has is you know that appeals to some, but it may not appeal to others, and you got to know your your capacity of handling that because obviously you can get out here and like you said when you have to make that tough call, we have to lay, lay some people off, we have to cut here, and like you said maybe I have to cut my payroll like like you said now that's a true thing now that's you know working uh in 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 banking and working with business owners, you see that you see them sometimes having to sacrifice their paycheck for the others to eat you know what I mean and, and that's just that's the responsibility of a CEO and a founder but in the end result you know there's some rewards that pay off, but sometimes yeah. if you're not willing to go through some of those things, this may not be cut out for you so I appreciate you sharing that I, I really do now uh, so with that being said, you know entrepreneurship and I know you referenced some guys that I love uh, you know, I I listen to from time to time, Gary Vee. Uh, what's what's your philosophy with uh Gary Vee and and, and and Cardone? You know, a lot of you know, I think recently Cardone made a statement about uh I think about, you know, with the housing market and everything going on. And I'm not trying to pin you in the box, but he was saying rent, you know, go out here and rent. So how how's your philosophy, how's your thoughts, how do you look at finance and, and, and the way to, to live these days?
1: You know, me personally I think there's a time and a place to buy a -hmm. property. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some people, like one of my employees, he makes really good money here, he rents and I know he could buy. He's just like, I'm not trying to fix anything. Like, I'm not a handyman. (laughs) I don't want to deal with maintenance. If I want to move, I want to just be able to move. Like, I don't want to be tied down. So I think that's one perspective is like, what's your opinion about some of those things that really don't have to do with finances, right? It's more freedom. for me, I took the approach of you know, I got a 12 year old daughter. I want to be in a home that I can stand for a long time and, and, and grow into. Um, you know, I bought my house for $295,000 three years ago. I could have bought a good way for, more expensive good
0: for you. house. Um, <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, I, I could have bought something a lot more expensive. My mortgage yeah. is 14 67 I could pay a ton more, <laughs> but I just wanted something conservative. Uh, yeah. Something that I could just grow into i don 't care yeah. if the stock mar- or if the stock market or housing market takes a crap and my house mm-hmm. value goes down because i 'm not looking mm-hmm. to sell or rent it out in the next few years i 'm mm-hmm. just looking for somewhere that i don 't have to worry about the landlord selling his property to an investment company and now i got to find a new place like mm-hmm. i, I don 't mind doing the maintenance or hiring people for it, so like I was just looking to have my roots set somewhere in um, mm-hmm. If I buy another piece of property, obviously it's going to be a, a rental, an investment property, but you know, that, that's not I'm not focused on single family right now. So I yeah. think uh, it's easier for Cardone to, to kind of say certain things because I mean, yeah. he has got like a billion dollar portfolio. So I get where he's coming from to have cash flow. Um, however, mm. I, I think there's just a, a different uh, perspective for, for certain people, right? And, and I shared mine.
0: I appreciate that. And I I knew you weren't expecting that question, but you know, I just thought, you know, there's many ways to do different things. And and the truth of the matter is like you, you made it very clear. It depends on your circumstance. It depends on what's important to you. What's your priority. Like you said, you want a home for your daughter, you know, to be able to to reference as as something stable, something, you know, something that she can can, um, connect with. If you're in a different lifestyle, different things going on, you may can look at life a little differently. And so I think that's very, critical for a lot of us that are out here paying attention uh, to the the different people that we're listening to, which they all have good philosophy. Everybody, let's just be honest, everybody is right, right? Is right in their way, right? Depending on what the, the way it is and if that's what you adopt and that's what you like, hey, go for it. Um, and, and pull that out. But you know, being in finance, I know a lot of times you know there's you you referenced it before, like the CPAs and the accountants. They usually have that one strict way of doing it. And what I do appreciate you about you, you are open to understanding it and looking at it depending on the the person that you talk to. Which sounds like when when people talk to you guys, uh, you're you're really looking out for the best interest of your clientele and depending on their scenario. Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah,
1: I mean, there's not only one way to do it right yeah like the solo 401k and what i've talked to people about here today and what we help people with is not the only way right like there's other options that are out there i just think it's important that we know as many options as possible that way we can make an educated decision and really think things through and unfortunately what has to happen is we have to live trial by error Right? Like at the end of the day, I actually bought a property. My first property I bought when I was 18 years old. I was making six figures. I was like, okay, cool. I'm making good money. Let's buy a house. And when I bought my property in 2008 before the crash, I didn't study the crash. Like I was 18 years old making six figures. I didn't know what a recession (laughs) was. I just graduated high school. I didn't know I was buying a property at the peak. And I also didn't think about how long did I want to keep this property? How long do I want to be in an investment for? That's one thing that a lot of people make the mistake. Like when you buy, even if you buy Apple stock or Tesla stock, like how long do you plan on holding on to that investment? Like that's like Mm -hmm. one of the most fundamental questions that you want to ask is how long, what's your exit strategy? How long do you want to be in this asset? So when I bought my house in 08, I lost my shirt because, Mm -hmm. as you all know, then the Great Recession happened. 2008, 2009, stock market took a crap. Housing market took a crap. I wasn't ready for that. I had to do a short sale. This time when I bought my house in 2018, I knew I was going to be in it at least 10 years. And I knew there was going to be another recession. As we're doing this podcast right now, the, (laughs) the market has only gone up. There hasn't been a recession, but we can play this video back two years, a year, (laughs) three years, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be some kind of recession, and I don't care because I'm not going to try to rent out my house or sell it or anything like that, so I'm going to be in at least 10 years. So, you know, you you definitely have to have those kind of questions uh, answered, and and usually it's only you that can do it. It's not, you know, Grant Cardone or your CPA. Like, you got to figure it out for yourself.
0: Yeah, man, this is good, man. And again, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your approach. Uh, to finance, I think that's a good way to do it because you know everybody's not is not carved off the same way, and so you know it sounds like you pay attention and you listen uh, to those individuals that you're, you're you're talking to, and you're you're crafting a strategy or a plan uh, that's based upon uh, the best thing for them. Let's talk real quick before we get out of here. You had mentioned earlier you have a book coming out August fifteenth. Uh, let's talk about that. What will people get out of this book? I know you mentioned it, but just kind of give us a little bit more of what we we, we can expect out of the book that's coming out.
1: Yeah. So basically helping people understand like exactly step-by-step how you can tap into your retirement account penalty and tax-free, what you can use the money for, you know, how you can have money tied up, not just in the stock market, but have other options. Like when I tell people, hey, did you know that you could use your retirement account to invest in real estate? They're like blown away because they only (laughs) think that the retirement account can be invested in a stock or a mutual fund. Um, You know, when I tell people, hey, did you know that you can put up to $58,000 a year into a Roth solo 401k and all of that money can grow tax-free and stay tax-free? Like, did you know that you can make a tax-free stream of income? They're like, wait, what? So just <laughs> principles along those lines. And, and I did my best to just simplify the book. Um, yeah. I think the financial industry does a really good job at complicating things. Um, like for people that have an insurance policy or an annuity, like read the disclosures, read the product. Like it's like attorneys wrote it. It's like freaking 50 pages long. They just, yeah. they, they, they confuse people on purpose because they don't want people to know just the truth the the underlying fundamentals and that's why when I wrote this book like I wanted to speak to people in a way that they can understand in in a simple uh, fashion and then they could take action based off of what fits for them or what appeals to them
0: Okay, and can we find this, I'm assuming at the website, will we be able to find this on Amazon, or is this the Yep, yeah, yep,
1: yeah, yeah. it's going to be uh, on Amazon as well, uh, on August 15th, and you can find it on my website, danielblue.me, um, and then for those that uh, are, are into podcasts, uh, I have a podcast yeah. called How Winners Win, um, awesome. again, I'm, I'm taking some of the sports uh, analogies, yeah. and, and what I loved as a kid, and, and How Winners Win is just keeping it real with people, and uh, helping people understand some different ways that they can win in their financial life, their personal life, the entrepreneurial awesome. life. So I, I talk about kind of what I'm going through in business and what's working, what hasn't worked to, to hopefully save some people some time uh, based off of them getting some knowledge from me and uh, be able to, to win more in their life.
0: Man, this has been gr- real good. This has been really good. So uh, going back to what I was talking about earlier with, with the guys that we mentioned, Gary V, uh, Cardone. There's another guy out there. I can't think of his name. Is it, is it Bet Bet I believe it is. It David oh, Patrick Bet, Bet or David, other? I think. Patrick, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know too much about him, man. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if you had an opportunity to get one of those guys to partner with, which one of them would you probably reach out and have uh, as a partner uh, to expand your business?
1: Probably someone like a Ed Milet. Um, at okay. my let, he's got uh, some experience in a company called WFG. It's a, it's a financial company. Um, okay. so him being in the financial space, I, I think that would, uh, what would work well. Um, and I, I think, uh, I've been caught up in this too. Uh, I think one thing that we can do is we absorb so much information. We follow this guy and this person and this person. And we go to this event and we buy this course and we do this. Yeah. Like We just have too much on, on, on their plate, on your plate. Um, and that's why I feel like what's worked best for me is just following a couple people. Um, yep. And, and very, very intentional on like certain courses or events that I go to and, and not just being a success zombie because it's really yeah. easy to just get caught up in just subscribing to content and, and yeah. um, ingesting it all. But then, like, how are you taking action? Like, what are you right. doing to actually create instead of just consume? Because consuming yeah. isn't going to pay the bills and change people's <laughs> lives, creating is.
0: That's awesome. I love it, man. So you definitely are executor. You, you definitely apply the knowledge and you apply it. So that's good. So uh, I think you dropped it already. What's the handles? What's the social handles that people can yeah, uh, so catch I'm, you? I'm,
1: uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So it's just uh, @danielblue at Daniel Blue with two underscores and then Daniel Blue uh, in, on Facebook. Um, I think I'm pretty much the only Daniel Blue in Las Vegas. Okay. Um, I've, I've got dark hair, so I can't imagine there being another Daniel blue, uh, in Las Vegas with dark hair. Um, but my social media handles are on my website, danielblue.me and uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook, just trying to add as much value as I can and, uh, make a difference in people's lives.
0: Awesome, man. I I hope you guys really uh, grabbed that today. Of course, this is just a quick chat, but there is so much more information that uh, Daniel Blue has. Um, If you want to find out more about uh, the things that he was talking about today, retirement, the 401k, how to utilize that, how to take advantage of that, uh, please make sure you uh, tap into the resources that he's provided, his website and all the things that he has. So... Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Make sure you share this. Tell somebody about it. This is going to help. If, even if it doesn't help you, I'm sure someone uh, that you know uh, could use the information or the, uh, the information that was shared today or start the conversation or start the wheels turning on the things that were shared today. Um, maybe they're looking to uh, do their entrepreneurship. They're looking to do different things. I think this conversation, which isn't talked about much, we don't hear about this much. And I think we need to at least explore this uh, this avenue of other ways to utilize um, um, your retirement four hundred one k to do the things that you're you're trying to achieve. So, until the next time, this is Sharad and this is behind the grind.